the hardest working podcast in Portland, Oregon, man. Play no game. What's up, you guys? It's Cartier Bob. Welcome to the Play No Games podcast slash show. <laughs> oh my gosh. What? Who are you? Oh, I'm Arthur Dixon. Good lord. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> See what I happened? got distracted with that ugly ass name, Bartier Bob. You know, it's Bartier. <laughs> it's not Bartier Bob. Stop saying that because this is a high high rise of gang activity going on. You know, he it's got Cartier that red Bob. sweater on again. This is red. burgundy. This is very burgundy. Still red. Shout out to red Ron is burgundy. a red is a form of burgundy. Well, burgundy is a form of red. If you like what we're doing, please comment, like, subscribe. Please, furthermore, what really would help us because we're trying to continually grow? Donate. Dollar Sign Hero Bob. And also, we're just trying to put you on a higher vibration, higher frequency. Uh oh. Help you out in your self growth, help you out in your relationship, and help you out in them social situations. So, without further ado, you know what time it is. You know what time it is. It's that part of the segment where I take over the mic for a little bit. You know, uh, you play no games with segments called Play No Games. Um, that was this has been absolutely terrible, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it could be positive, negative, informative, anything you like to uh to say. Um, and all you got to say is I'm ready to play no games about this. And since there's only two of us today, Roberto. What you playing no games with? Ooh, you know what I'm playing no games about? I'm not playing no games about. I, this is going to be a very Avenger-oriented uh, type of fucking show. Awesome. I think his name is Chris Hemsworth. He played Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was a Chris. Um, Say it. What's his name again? Chris Evans. Evans. Oh, Chris Evans. Okay. Okay. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> shout out to Chris Evans, the the real person who played Captain America, because he got this kind of stuck in my head besides the other work that I'm doing in my life. He said, like, two years ago that he is going to be more intentful on, I think he was, like, looking for, like, a wife, and then Lizzo slid in his DMs and all this other stuff, and... There was a whole kerfunkle about that. And I'm not going to lie. I'm like in that energy. So I'm playing no games about not like finding a wife, but just finding a partner. Because I don't want to get married tomorrow. But like, I want to find a partner. I think I want to be more intentional with that energy. Like, I've always had it. But like, I feel like as dudes, I feel like dudes struggle with saying stuff like that. Because fear. Yeah, it's fear, and then you don't want to look like a goofball. Or, or a chump. <clears throat> exactly. I feel like a lot of people can get that misconstrued, and I think in this phase of my life, I've been walking towards just being more of who I am on the inside. Mm. And as I am with my age, I'm not going to lie, I think that's what I want. Obviously, I'm not going to rush that, but I'm like, I'm yeah. going to be more intentional, even more intentional than I have been before, being like, oh, that's what I actually really want. But, like, obviously, if other things populate, 
I'm you know, being an adult about stuff, but I'm also going to be like, ah, what's my next three to four years looking like? I really want to establish something. That's what I'm going. This is dope. I'm proud of you, Robert. I'm proud of you finally giving up the streets. I'm proud of you. Make my heart, heart skip a beat a little bit over there, Robert. You know, something to be motivated about. Cartier is still doing what he needs to do. Stay out the streets, Robert. I'm, <coughs> I'm not in the streets. I'm being an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being an adult. That's what I'm playing no games about. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm playing no games about um this weather, man. My God. The weather, huh? Man, can we, like, make up our mind, please? Like, how we go from sunny to pouring down raining to super windy to sunny to rainy? Like, I can understand we in Oregon this rainy season. But, like, can we just rain for a chunk of time and then let it be? Because I'm tired of getting pissed on one minute and then, you know, the sun come out to try and dry you off. Then it gets super windy. You get cold as hell the next minute. You know, maybe I just need a vacation to a warm weather. I think that's what it is. That's what it calls for. So. Y'all in this weather. I. You know what? I'm calling people out. Huh? I'm calling y'all out. I don't think it's the weather. What is I it? I think you ain't playing no games about the weather. I just, I think you ain't, you ain't. You needed more time to think, so you just chose the weather. No, I really am upset about the weather. I don't like rain. I'm not a rain person. I don't like cold either. I don't. Truly don't. I love the snow, but as soon as I get wet, I'm done with the snow. I'm, it's a wrap. Like, I'm done. Like a cat. No. Like a dog. <laughs> dogs dogs enjoy the snow. No, not all dogs. Majority of dogs. I enjoy the snow. I just don't like getting wet. There's mm. a difference. Mm. 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 Hit the button. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Um. All right. So I definitely think it's to be a perfect time for us to kick up our very first segment. And I think our very first segment, you know, we want to be gentle with this, even though it's been out for almost a month. Really? The seventh? It came out on the seventh. Okay, three weeks, almost a month. It's approaching the shortest month of the year. All right, plaque. No, get a get a forever. Get a close up. The the Black Panther. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Black Panther too. Um, we want to be careful. Delicate, obviously. I've been watching a lot of videos. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, we're going to be talking about some concepts. And someone here hasn't seen it. And we're not going to be too much of a jackass and spoil big things. But I think there's some major con um, topics we can talk about. Because yeah. I actually will agree with my boy, Andrew. Andrew's like, if it's really good, it shouldn't matter about the spoilers. I disagree with that a little bit. It takes away from... If you're watching things chronologically, but I agree with that shit though. Huh? You disagree, but you agree? Yeah, I agree to disagree. Huh. I accept okay. some of what he's saying, but not all. Oh, okay. There you go. It makes more sense. It always made sense. Anywho, you're, I'm just curious. What was your first reaction? Because you've seen it more recently than me. I've like yeah. been off of it. <clears throat> I thought aspects of it were good. 
Um, some of the aspects of it were forced. Um, Interesting. Um, I personally didn't really like the ending. It was kind of corny, but um, I think there's like pieces of it like that were cool, of course. Um, there's moments of it that were really slow. Um, but I, overall, I liked the movie. Once I got more in depth into the movie and got more of an understanding of the movie, and there's so many history history pieces in the movie, um, and like not just like history from the other movie, but history in like real reality history pieces in the movie, for me it like made me like the movie ten times more. Um, and what? No, I'm not. You looked at me like you about to say something. I was, but I'm gonna also want to. Um, so yeah, for me it was it overall. Um, it was it was a good movie because of the historical context uh, context behind it, but I just felt like there was some pieces of it that like were forced into the movie, or like shortened to make the movie so it wasn't as long. Um, I'm curious, such as the driving scene. <clears throat> so. In the in the driving scene of the movie, it felt like very like, oh, these are the vehicles we got to go, and you're at the bridge. Oh come on! <laughs> there wasn't like I felt like oh. in, in the first one. In the first one, that that driving scene, it was very similar to the first one. First, first things first. And the second thing was it felt very like, let's just get through this part, so we can move on. And that for me was like, dang! I think they could have took advantage of this driving scene a little bit more. Um, I don't know. So that that was like one of my first pieces too. So okay, 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 okay. I want to say the Black Panther movie, Black BP two, was I came into it, and this is not a spoiler because you already know this. That Shuri is the Black Panther. You know this. You know this. You know this. It's in the... F- yeah. Okay, okay. I was about to say that. I, let's just say this, because I was actually having a lot of conversations with people about this, where, like, I didn't have a problem with Shuri being the Black Panther. It was, like... We got to make this make sense because I'm not going to lie. Yeah. When we look at the MCU, the MCU and where they're trying to go because representation matters. I was like, all right, we lost as a black man. We lost like our like staple be like, ah, we can look at Chadwick. And it's not like I had a problem with a woman becoming the Black Panther because if you read the comics, Shuri does become the Black Panther, you know, for extended period of time and things like that. But it's kind of like Chadwick, before he passed, he was like, this role is bigger than me. Like, let's recast. And, like, I was down for that where I'm like, we got to maybe in the multiverse bring Michael B back, you know, you know all that other stuff, make it, make it make sense. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because a lot of boys, a lot of different people, people getting to see just like a black man in that figure in that role because mm-hmm. he was displaying masculinity, but it wasn't toxic. Now the reason why, and people are, or be like, what about the new captain America? Blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you, 
as black men, we don't see ourselves <laughs> being like, what's his name? We don't see ourselves being, you know, we, yeah, we don't, we ain't Falcon. We, when we think of super, like, we ain't thinking of Falcon. We thinking of heritage. We're thinking of King, Queenly, all that other stuff. Not, no diss to Anthony Mackey or the, the Black Falcon, things like that. Like, we, we appreciate it, but it's just kind of like seeing ourselves being carried in that manner. And I was just sad not to have that because you look at what Black Panther did, like, Seeing like, yo, we can't ascend to this type of like I, I think they tried to show like aspects of it with uh I don't know what tribe that was, the ape dude, mm. whatever they whatever mm-hmm. that dude's name. Yeah. I can't think of his name. Mbaku. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they tried to show like aspects of that in that, but I felt like that it was very much so like secondary still to like that aspect of what you're saying. I think it, that plays a huge role in many concepts and there's nothing wrong with black women leading, but I feel like that's already the narrative in a lot of our society is black women are leading society when it comes to movements, when it comes to um, raising kids, when it comes to, like, you see it's a lot more black women dominant. And to change that narrative, like you're saying, we have to show roles where black men can be leaders in a positive manner. Mm-hmm. Black men, men can be the center of change in a culture. And so yes. I think that, to kind of combat what you're saying again, is like a reflection of the original movie. Uh, Black Panther. So I, I have to agree with what you're saying, even though I don't like where they, I mean, I don't dislike where they went with it. Um, yes. I guess I'm coming at it from perspective to talk about, because I actually really love how you brought that up. Now I feel like we're the backseat critics. We're like dissecting the movie and all that, all that shit right now. <laughs> would you like to, would you like to say that? Okay. Okay. Um, I want you to know you brought up like a very good point because, and this is kind of stemming from the last episode and actually like stay with me guys, stay with me. Like this person, I'm not going to air this person out, but they're like talking to me about like, you know, men in leadership. And I love how you brought that up, like men in leadership, because there isn't a lot of positivity when it comes to like men in leadership because no, let's, let's look at it like this. If we look at the top 1%, they're all men and they're doing like diabolical things. Eli Musk, ah, blah, blah, blah. people have, like have issues and problem with that. And it's kind of like we switch and flip the pendulum to like a little wrestle type of a dude, right? He's not doing Eli Musk stuff, but like he's helping his whole and like, that's why I'm like, we got to big up those dudes. So it was really good to, that's why just, just doubling down your point, but to move things forward along, I came in, I came at it from a point cause I didn't get spoiled about like, man, we about to see all this stuff and we're going to lose an aspect of that. Mm. And I want to at least just say that I was taken aback by Miss Angela, Miss Angela, Miss Angela. Bassett, mm-hmm. that acting, bro. I felt that hurt. I think so. I had a conversation with someone about that too when they did the that part, 
and like it carries on that emotion carries on through the movie where people are expressing like real emotion for this person for mm. for uh Chadwick and like you've seen it in the acting you've seen it in scenes where it was like deliberate reflection like you've seen the real emotion and i think that is also what made it so impactful is because it wasn't about just showing emotion for the character it was actually showing real emotion for the person. So. No, a thousand and ten percent. I think that kind of helped me to, like, I know people may disagree with me with this, and this is fine, but, like, one of my big things I hated with the MCU was, I think it was, I think it was was Endgames when they did the whole, like, woman blitz on Thanos. I was like, like I'm like and they like I know why they did that and I'm like if you let the superheroes be the superheroes you won't have to worry about that like they're gonna shine on their their own way in their own light and sometimes I feel like that's was the issue of phase four they were just like in your face in your face in your face with it we're like when you look at um I think it's Miss Marvel Miss Marvel no no not Captain Marvel Miss Marvel the TV show on Disney on Disney Place yeah Miss Miss Marvel Whoever wrote that, and I know people, I I feel like I got like a lot of mixed bags with that. They didn't throw in my face that she was a woman and she was a different heritage. Like they were saying stuff that was like over my head, like from that culture. I I I know it's not Muslim culture, but like her name was Kamala. But like I was placed in there, and they were like, figure it out, like get with mm-hmm. the times, like figure it out what's going on. Like these are their issues Mm -hmm. and that was one of the things I really appreciate about that because I learned about different culture I learned about like this I learned about that and that's what I kind of felt with Black Panther where I'm like all right they went with that route they didn't force feed that down our throat we're like if you look at the Don the Dom's Lahal the women the woman um warriors like that would make sense you lose your king they're going to take over this like that and it felt more if it didn't feel forced and it felt good that Shuri was the, the person because in the comics mm-hmm. she becomes a person and then the motivation. It wasn't just like, all right, we just have to do this because it was like, this was my brother. So this makes sense. It's not like, oh, we're do-. and uh, don't want to spoil other stuff because when that thing happened before the big fight, right? And she rolled up on everybody mm-hmm. and she was like, this is, he's like, this is what it is, right? It just felt like, oh, we it just it just felt like it would be something where like if I passed, my sister would be like, I gotta do this for Robert. Yeah. It's not because my, my brother is a man, I'm doing this because that was my brother. Mm-hmm. And it felt real in that way. That's why I mm-hmm. fuck with it. So heavy. So another part that I kinda <clears throat> go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm gonna let you go first. Uh, sorry to interrupt, um, but to your point with Miss um, Marvel and I think it was Avengers Endgame where they had the women blitz, do you think that comes down to how Mar- uh, Avengers Endgame only had male writers? It was uh, Christopher something and uh, I forget the Joe Russo, I think was the, the other guys, whereas Miss Marvel, it's primarily women writers. Do you think oh, that, I didn't know, that I didn't kind know of that. plays into how they write the women in it? And do you think that kind of carries over to like the Black Panther, with like who they have, with who they have writing it? Mm, that's a good point. That's a hell of a really good point. I actually don't know. Again, I don't want to cap. I don't know 
I guess I come at it from like a viewer standpoint because let's just say that if we were introduced to those characters, right? If we were introduced to before they did like women, the women's blitz, right? I feel like if we had more buildup about those characters because that story really wasn't about them. Like granted at the end of it, like it was everyone coming together, but it goes back to the four Avengers or, or not four, five. You got black widow, you got Hawkeye, you have, um, Captain, you have Cap, you have Thor. That story is really from their vantage point. Oh, Spider Man, and like that was that core group. So like they're Doctor writing Strange. from their perspective, <laughs> and I think that's where I'm coming at it from. Where I'm kind of like, you really don't need to do that with Captain Marvel, and I'm not talking about Ms. Marvel. I'm talking about Captain Marvel because she, she's literally the strongest person there without the Infinity Gauntlet. She doesn't need, like, it just felt forced. And I'm kind of like, for the writing that they have done, they could have did it in a way where, like, this makes sense. They did a lot of things that make sense. We're like, yeah, we're all trying to get this away from Thanos. And I just feel like that's, to me, in my my opinion, it just felt forced. I'm like, oh, I see what they're doing here. But if you look at the entire movie, when Black Widow and even Gomorrah was like, with the whole Thanos scene, where it's kind of like, I gotta take out my baby girl, or Black Widow killing herself. Like, it wasn't hyper-focused on Black Widow's a woman, or Gamora is a woman. It was like these things these people had to do. And I think that, but once again, he said a point I agree, I agree and disagree with, where I'm like, it depends on the writers, because I watched a couple of She-Hulks, and I was like, I'm going to say nothing more. Yeah, She-Hulk's a great show. <laughs> I didn't watch any of it. After I seen the twerk with Megan Thee Stallion thing, I was, I was disinterested. Um, but for me, another part of Black Panther that kind of I wish they could expand it on was the the um, daydream, not daydream. Um, I don't want to spoil it for him. Um. Uh, the astral plane. It's it's anytime there's a Black Panther movie, there will be astral planning stuff. So like when she went into the astral plane, basically. Yes. yes. Um, I felt like, and I was talking to my friend about it, and he's like, "I guarantee you, there's a director's cut there and an extended version where they actually add to that scene." Um, because I felt like there was a lot of things that were missing out of that scene. It was a great scene, but it really felt short from the impact that it could have had to me at least i think it was really good because you have to work what you had literally i definitely think there is because i think in the manuscript for the for for black panther 2 before everything happened it was going to be t'challa uh missing years and him trying to keep up with what he missed and then the let's just say the ending part, right, that we're not going to talk about, that was already in there. It was just going to be in a different way because mm. he missed some time. Yeah. So, um, no, I, I could I could see what you say with that. Um, I could, yeah, I can agree to disagree with that. Like, I, I, I enjoyed it because it made don't, sense. Don't get me wrong. Like, I I would go see the movie again. Like I'll watch it again. Like, it's a great movie. Um, I just felt like for two and a half hours, I felt like, they wanted. They didn't want to make it four hours long, 
Like, so they took some stuff out that they could have expanded on. They could have explained a little bit more. They could have shown, like, aspects of really what happened and and even, like, the fight scene in the end. Like, for me, it was like... Mm. Bro, you captain, bro. That, that fight scene was great. I don't know. Mm. Wow, you captain. Ah, you, you, uh, that fight scene was great. The, the, the scene itself, again, was very short. But I think the context of what this scene, for me, uh, internalized was powerful. We're doing such a great job of not trying to say <laughs> the last part for RJ. We're, you guys, we're doing a, we're, if you've seen it, we're trying to not spoil it for RJ. We definitely should have said that. It like for me, the impact of in the impact of what happened in that scene, so powerful. I think for me, it comes in context to a lot of what people talk about nowadays of being like black and brown. And how? Oh, you're talking about that aspect. <laughs> okay, yeah. I thought you're talking about just the. Okay, yeah, yeah. And well, that's what I pulled out of it. And so, like, that that concept of black and brown and what black and brown can do for you and to that extent of, like, how working together is a lot more powerful than working against each other. Yeah. Um, and just in that, that whole mindset and, con- and, and that, for me, is what, like, made me enjoy that scene a little bit more. But it seemed, again, it seemed very short. It seemed very, like, to the point. It seemed very, like, to the aspects. And then it's even... For me, I had a thought like, for her, she was so cut, cutthroat on this aspect of revenge that she risked her people, and he was so cutthroat on revenge that he was willing to die. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, for me, it was. When we don't see the reality of the situations we face, there's consequences on both sides. Thousand ten percent, which is a re- you know a real statement, but it like it showed for me a reflection in this movie in that in that scene. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. I think what a lot of people get twisted is no matter what we do in life, there's always consequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say this a lot in my line of work. Um, I always say that we as people try to run away from the negative consequences of things so often, because I say sometimes when I walk, go downstairs and I walk down and out my door, there's actually a positive association. There's a negative association and there's a negative outcome. It could be as minimal as I'm losing, you know, ligamid, ligamage, uh, like cartilage on my knees. Like, even though it's minor, like that's mileage off my body, just going out the door. The positive is I'm going to be on time for work. The neutrality of it is, you know, I can, I can go there. But, like, I feel like as a people, we try to escape the negative outcomes. And you have to open yourself. Oh, you have to open yourself to all the possible outcomes. And Absolutely. just speaking more to, the, you know, <clears throat> to the movie, speaking about Namor. Because I definitely want to get back to, you know, Angela and uh, Shuri. Because I feel like, and the other stuff about the other women who on there, that was pretty dope. That I got to talk about. Super dope. But we haven't talked about Namor. That boy can act. Let me let me tell you. Namor and his um and his uh chick, even though I think they got a little relationship, she was a dog. Let me tell you. She was like, she was like, he's like, my lord, what you talking about? 
Yeah. We got we gotta go do this. She was about yeah. that motherfucking action. Absolutely. She was about that motherfucking action. I was oh, like, so you're talking about the ending. Yeah, I'm talking the but ending. even still she was on she was on she was on She zip. was always on She was always on that non fuck shit. But again, so we go back to this concept right of women, right? In leading the charge. Like taking the aggression, taking that aspect of like which I feel is crazy because Working with youth, I feel like our women are more hands-on when it comes to nowadays fighting. When it used to be men. Huh? Women fight more nowadays than dudes do. I'm confused. How does working with me make you realize that? <coughs> no, no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> not working, not okay, working with you. Okay, was, yeah, we about to... Hey, look here, y'all. We yeah, Close up. Close up. I just, I, last episode, I just talked about I'll be doing this shit. You see what this nigga be doing? <laughs> he trying to be saying shit. Look here, my mama raised the real one. Stop. No, 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 no. I'm not saying working with you. God, I said okay. this movie. We oh, fucking okay. got. I was talking about the movie. What the hell? <laughs> okay, I was about to say. But I said. I said again. We we talk about this aspect behind like women, right? And this leaders, this this whole concept of leadership and power and taking mm-hmm. initiative and and Neymar's person, right? Yeah, was right. She was about that action. The women on Wakanda side, they were about that action. And, like, I feel like nowadays when we look at working with kids, the girls fight more than boys fight. The boys is going to grab guns and trying to shoot each other. The girls is putting their fist up and they they swinging on each other. Uh, and I, and I, so I feel like, I don't know, it's, it may, it's not I can't no argue with your I can't argue with your feelings. I, I, I've... But I just I, I feel like it's nah. it's a it's a aspect of society that we live in kind of now, and it's like reappropriating this whole sense of like women in these in these like power ideal roles, which is not a again it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's I, just it's interesting for me like no. s- putting that concept together. I don't know. I don't. I definitely disagree. I don't think. I don't know. I think I just need more numbers. I just see a lot more people hurting people when it comes to like women and or I should say women, little girls, little boys. I don't think it's like I will say this. Yeah, men are have more tendency. I feel like for violence when it comes to like mass shootings, et cetera, and things like that. But all right, yeah, we got we got fact checking. Yeah, fact checking works. Sorry to interrupt again. Um, so, uh, per Statistica, in 2005, uh, just shy of 2 million um, violent crimes were committed by men, mm-hmm. and about 13, um, sorry, 1,378 um, were committed by female. And now in 2021, uh, last year in 2021, um, about 14, sorry, 1,400,000 were committed by males, and uh, 1 million. And 200 were committed by females. So it's been declining, but... Uh, males are still... Male, males are still ahead, yeah. but it's been dropping at a faster rate I'm, than female. I wasn't talking about, like, violence as a whole. Oh, okay. I'm talking more physical violence. I, and I feel like working with youth, I see more girls fighting than boys fighting. I feel like boys nowadays don't fight. They'd rather pick up a gun and or they talk, talk about it and don't really. Girls are 
I feel like girls are the ones that are going now to pull the girl hair out the bathroom, beat them up or whatever the case may be. And I've seen it was it was probably hands down out of the 60 fights that I've seen or 40 fights I've seen last year working in high school, a good 30 of them were girl fights and not dude fights. Well, I can't speak to that because it's been a minute since I've been to school. When I go and when I go into schools, it's definitely different. I, I'm seen differently, and I mm-hmm. see and observe different things. Um, but I still say it's I. Once again, I conflate it to like violent, you know, video games too as well. Where like there's a good side of representation and there's the bad side of representation. But I definitely think seeing, like, it's a good thing to see women. Um, in these type of roles, it's good to see them in these types of like combat oh, things. I'm I don't not, definitely. I'm not f- shying away from. Them. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Oh no, I don't think you are. But I just want to make sure I'm just you yeah, know yeah. just reiterating that it's good. And once again, it I think it goes back and falls onto what you, you know, said before. It's all about like your parenting and things like that. But it's really good to see those things mm-hmm. in film. But I do kind of want to switch and f- switch up. Two really quick, just to like uh, overarching good concept because obviously Angela Davis did a good job. Um, uh, Bassett, my bad, Angela Davis. <laughs> I know what you're talking about <laughs> exactly. Um, but one of the concepts that I feel like really good, they did a really good job talking about, and you definitely did. I was going to bring up was about the racial component was pretty good about black and brown folks, and you know working together and things like that. One of the opponents I really feel a really good job about is talking about death. I feel like we do a poor job in this culture of talking about death where like I've rethought about like the things that mean to me mm. about like if I pass or how I want to be, how I want people to remember me because them, and this is in the trailer, RJ, them dressed in white and then having that celebration. I feel like, if we as a society have that disconnect from like the process, not just speaking from Christianity, but just like that energy that Sherry was feeling and her reluctancy to understanding death was a big part where I'm like, how many people in our society have this? Um, and I, and I'm actually actually a, a problem too with this as well where like we gotta keep working we gotta do this you know this and we forget that you know we're already doing a lot like i know i mentioned here before like you're doing something beyond your nine to five that you're living you're truly living your dream um the adoration and all that stuff will come i think we just gotta smell the roses and like appreciate the people we have here and that this movie just kind of reminded me like everyone's striving to get here Mm. get over here and then the one part i can't say about we can't tell him about is like the reason why certain decisions was made so that didn't happen until it was ready you know what i mean and being like that's such a top tier big adult like thinking we're like i want this i want this opportunity for you to have so you know that this is as important as you running a country mm-hmm. see what i'm saying i'm like because that's gonna happen but you knowing yourself different thing mm. you appreciating 
family. You appreciate life. So that was one of the things. So Black Panther 2 for me was such a really good movie. Made me think about a lot of different things. Um, I also want to talk. I'm trying to like put it in my head so I don't spoil it. Yes. So I want to I want to bring back and reflip to an episode that I, I talked about here on my on my. Uh, um, Brace yourself. Um, no, uh, play no games. What I was playing no games with, I was talking about the ancient aliens thing on Netflix, right? <coughs> well. This movie does a great job of reflecting on one of the episodes in that series, talking about Latin America mm-hmm. and their deities and stuff like that, and it reflected in this movie. And so for me, that aspect too was it was a huge like cultural piece for me, which also brought me to the the understanding because there's a there's a part in the beginning of the movie I think a lot of people missed it where they were talking about Mali. Hmm. The drug? Huh? The drug? No, 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 no. The country. Bali. Mali. Okay, I never heard. In Africa. Okay. The country in Africa. I would have failed that test. You would have failed that test. Um. And that is where Wakanda takes place. Masa Musa. Oh, okay, there we go. I'm familiar with that. Masa Musa, richest man to ever live, was the empire emperor of Mali. And so for me, that historical context of, I think what Wakanda represented was this same aspect of Masa Musa in his reign, but also this Latin America character that Neymar plays, Kute Khan, was who was this person that that really gave life to Latin folks? So I think it, it was this whole aspect of cultural identity, but also cultural history, um, empowerment, and like this whole mindset for me of like recognizing where you come from, and that for me was like a was it made the movie more like more intriguing like it was like mm-hmm. oh man i have to i have to go see the first one again because all these contexts all this content makes so much sense what no i'm listening yeah that's all i wanted to say i just wanted to bring that cultural aspect of things to the to the conversation because i think it was very important without spoiling the movie for our day yes um well i think you can see that the 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 that they're Latin people under the sea. They're I didn't the, say all that, but they are, you know. Yeah. But um, I y'all, if y'all haven't seen Black Panther, like obviously you go see uh, the first one. But in all honesty, not no disrespect, I don't think you need to see the first one. But if you really want to get a really good concept of like some of the things that we deal with as a culture right now, when it comes to Understanding the importance of women empowerment, rage, togetherness, real, real good movie. But um, um, what are we at with time? Right, 40 minutes? All right, okay. All right. Um, I do have one other thing, but I definitely want to. Go ahead. All right. It's a double whammy. Speaking of powerful women, 
Your friends got jokes. <laughs> your friends got jokes. <laughs> your friends got jokes. Um, I'm going to bring up someone we should definitely be. <laughs> I'm not even going to say what I just saw, but it was just, it was ridiculous. It was not, it was not get appropriate. It feels wild. Um, huh. As we transition, I saw something. No, I'll tell you guys in a moment. Uh, so, <laughs> no, people can hear that. Where's this at? Okay. So, um, so some context for this is Michelle Obama and fact check. Michelle Obama's writing a book and she's it's more of like a relationship book between her and Barack and she recently came out with this and uh this Instagram clip that kind of pilfered the the internet ethos for a little bit and I saw a lot of people retweeting this so I'm definitely going to allow people to hear this if I were to judge it in year 5 or year 10 there was never 50-50. And so, yeah, there were times when I felt like I was 70% in and he was doing 30% um, because of the choices that I made in the terms of how I wanted our family to look. Yeah. I had to take my foot off of my career gas pedal, uh, never putting on the brake, but slowing up a little bit. Um, those are the natural compromises that are required. And I feel bad when I see young people giving up on their relationships mm -hmm. because there's there are periods of hard. So I think it's important for us to be honest in those conversations, not to glamorize what a partnership feels like because then uh, young people quit too soon. If so I'm going to also go to her page, but um, as I'm going to her page, because I want to also pull a quote of what she actually said about her book. I'm just curious. What are you guys' thoughts just hearing what <clears throat> Michelle said about um, relationships. I think we talk talk a lot about that on this show. I think that's what makes this show so unique. It's it's the sense of communication and work and this whole concept of like it's not always fifty fifty. It's not always a hundred and hundred. Like it's not. There'll be times where I can only give you twenty percent, and are you willing to give me eighty? There'll be there there'll be times where I'm giving you 100 percent and you can't give me anything. But how do we have like she's saying? How do we have that conversation and motivation to keep through those moments of uncertainty, of hardship, of 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 drainage? Like how do we continue that fight because we know what's on the flip side of that, or we know what's on the other end? Um, because those moments that we are both able to get 50-50 will be a lot more successful than if we just gave up, you know, um, which I think is very huge. And I think it's something that you, quote, unquote, go back to an old school relationship with. But <clears throat> nowadays it's needed. It's needed very much so. A thousand and ten percent. Andrew, can you look up um, Michelle Obama's uh book that's coming out so this was or actually can you do two things i'm gonna pull up my phone and you can just do a close-up because i want to show the picture 
And then I'm going to read something while you look for that up. So um, this picture is something that I saw. Oh, can you see it? Or kind of sort of. Uh, look at us. Look at us. Up. Okay, this picture right here is something that was circulating around the internet. Oh, there was this a lot on. Uh, we'll do it like this. You my mic for a second. Oh, oh, we getting better next year. We're gonna got we're gonna have that. I'm gonna get like a selfie stick. I, I'm working with it. I'm working with it, y'all. Um. But once you get that situ situated, look that. Could you look up Michelle Obama's latest book? But this, that picture, uh, whoever's watching it on visuals, <coughs> that's what's something I was seeing a lot of people just retweet because she said this. She said, and this is a bit long winded, but I won't, I have to say this to make a point because I want to use her word. She says, as an adult, I've lived in a number of places, but as far as I'm concerned, I've all, I've only ever had one real home. My home is my family. My home is Barack, but there's, but here's the thing. Our marriage has never been perfectly 50, 50. One of us is always needing more or giving more. We have been willing to listen to each other honestly and without defensiveness. Only then can we evolve together over the years. And this is the part I fucking really love. And I feel like a lot of people just over their heads over the years. A lot of young people have asked me about <coughs> marriage and my response usually goes something like this. You have to prepare yourself for long stretches of discord and discomfort. You have to learn how to make real compromise in a way you've lived in the way you lived as an individual. Glamorizing a relationship while you're dating will lead you straight to difficulty once you're married. You can't paper over problems when you're living with someone day in and day out. So you've got to ask yourself, what are you trying to get out of this relationship? Have you truly thought it through? Do you want a wedding or do you want a lifelong partnership? There are two very different things. Together, you are answering the question, who are we and who do we want to be? Now, oh, now I don't even get that one. And what's the name of, is it, is it a particular book? I know this. The Light We Carry. Yeah, the light we carry. I'm actually going to get that book and read that book because I think Barack and Michelle do a really good job of like showing people what a relationship is. And here's the thing. I know I talked a lot of people about like, oh, you can't be like a Jay-Z and Beyonce. Barack and Michelle didn't have nothing. So they got thrusted into this, right? And the reason why I say that they're a really good example is like they're talking values and stuff that people can do at this level, at our level. They're not saying like, you got to go and do this is not, they're speaking at a frequency that anyone could take nutrients from that. But overall, my issue with what, why I want to talk about this today is I saw a lot of people just screenshot that and be like, goals, this is giving. I need this. I need that. And I'm like, you're not listening to what she's saying. You're glamorizing. You know how many times people, because y'all bring this up, glamorizing, like, oh, when I get my man or I get my girl, it's going to be like this. People are not preparing for the long stretches of, I despise this person. I fucking hate you. You, f If you leave your dog on the kitchen table again, 
that's the shit that that's why I'm so passionate about this shit because people don't understand the rough patches. Yeah. Do you? Let's keep it real. Let's keep it a buck, y'all. When we get into relationships, how often are we thinking about like, all right, this shit gonna be tough, man? And <clears throat> you don't. And I think that was one thing I felt like put me ahead of my time when it came to relationships and why I have such an old school mentality when it comes to a lot of things because I always talked about the work. I always talked about there's gonna be issues. We're not gonna see eye to eye. We're not gonna. Be on the same page for everything. But it's about the work. It's about that process that's going to make us grow. So now we understand each other. Now we learn about each other. Like I, I always say it. You're two individuals coming together. An individual. But if I think the most important piece to that is if you're not an individual, it's going to be hard to be in a relationship if you're not an individual. Because you don't know what you like. You don't know what you prefer. You don't know which direction you want to go with your life. So how are you going to have somebody help you, direct you, when you don't know where you're going? It's going to make it very hard. So I think that is a huge piece of what I'm learning. Of course, still in my life as I get older and want my partner to be who whoever she is. and you know. But at, that's, that is what Michelle is saying is, like, I think a major key to – just the, the life and reality that we live and we face, and especially for young single people today, I think it's a it's a huge it's a huge burden. I think a lot of people don't want to see. Um, so, as that, I think I'm gonna start saying it how she says it from now on. We glamorize hyper independency. We glamorize that. Oh, I'm a player. You know, blah 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 blah. Like, beginning of the podcast, I was telling y'all, you know, Bob Gill, he doing some stuff, you know. I mean, you know, Cartier Bob out here living, you know. But I definitely wanted to be authentic with y'all, being like, yeah, I'm on my Chris. I'm on Captain America. I'm on I'm on that tip. Like, I'm actively trying to, to do that because I feel like people glamorize, like, I'm this big, bad person. Or I'm this big, bad dude. I can do all these different things. I'm like, nah. I'm trying to show someone something that's fake. I'm like, yeah, I I don't need to. I can, there's a way for me to say that I take care of all my bills and I'm content. I have space for another person to build on something. I don't need to go look at this bus down. Look at this. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Look at how many people I have influence over things like that. And that glamorization is what is killing us as a culture and society. And my thing is like, how can we lead with more vulnerability and more intentions? Because I see that all over because I got like this small thing I want to throw at y'all at, at the end to close it up. But I'm curious. Cause once again, we got to give props and not to out our friend, you know, I don't know if you were picking up the mic, but did you have some thoughts after I read that or was I, was I, Wrong. Um, I think one thing I think that people need to think about with marriage in this situation too, especially um, one, or I should say the advice that I got on my, on my wedding day was to look at the trees and there's, there's like a woodsy area where I got married. And if you look at the trees, you realize the trees fall on each other and keep each other up in, in the woods. Trees will fall on each other and the other trees will pull, 
keep the other tree up from falling. So, I mean, of course, other trees hit the ground. But that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. But, <laughs> yeah, was thinking. but you do see it though. They're like, "Fuck that tree over there." <laughs> other trees will fall on the other trees, and they stay. It keeps each other up, and that's kind of what marriage is: is that you're the other tree keeping the other tree up. So you have to think about keeping the other person up. I. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, I'm Bartier Bob. It's Cartier, but uh, but no, no. You about to say that? No, go, go, go. I wasn't about to say anything. No, I just think it's. I want just like we're trying to break generational curses, we gotta break cultural curses, and that is like, it is cool to be in a relationship. It's cool to like, not glamorize. Like, yeah, you can. It's just like I just think of like a lot of different things of like. Okay, I'll shift to this. I think a perfect way for us to kind of end today is because I get a lot of questions, and I'm pretty sure you guys deal with this too as well, where it's kind of like, what's too much? Where, like, I feel like a lot of people get caught in the in-between of, like, what's something that you can work through? Because she talked about working through the hard patches and hard times. And I think people sometimes get that confused of, like, was tolerating of rough paths were versus disrespect. And I feel like people don't understand what the lines of what's disrespectful and what's tolerance of like, I'm going to a bad, bad patch with my partner. And I feel like it would be a dope way to end the show as males, as men to talk about, not just from like a male's perspective, just the representation of just guys talking about what, was a rough patch and obviously you don't have to speak I'm putting people on the spot. What was like a rough patch that you dealt with that you didn't think was, you know, a rough patch cause, but you're through it versus, or we can do it like this. What do you think is something you should tolerate in a rough patch or what is something you shouldn't tolerate in a rough patch? We can go either way. So I kind of want to leave it open-ended in that way. And while y'all thinking, I'll I'll go first. I think for me, and I'm thinking from like my personal experience, I will say this. Emotional maturity is such a big thing. Mm. And a lot in, in my line of work, because I keep always saying this. Um, and how can I say this? Because I really don't want to make it about this person. I'm thinking back to a situation where or I, no, I'll think of, I'm thinking about, yeah, I'm thinking about to a situation where I'm using RJ's tree analogy. I in a relationship needed for another person to lean. I needed someone to lean on and not in a way, the stereotypical way of like, Oh, I need to man dump on my partner or things like that. <laughs> but like, the important, and this is and, and this is why this is why men can't talk about feelings. You see, you get around people that make fun of you. See, I can't be. I'm not fucking. I'm fucking. I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. Sorry. Um, I would say being able to notice when partner the difference between projection and listening 
That's two different things. Mm-hmm. Two big things. Well, a lot of people understand a projection is when someone's taking a feeling and they're putting it on you. I can go down the gambit and be like, oh, that's displacement. I can tell you guys about defense mechanisms. But, like, a projection is, like, if I'm anxious about a test and I'm like, wow, you're sipping that water kind of suspiciously. Are you not hydrated? Like, that's I'm putting my anxiety onto this person. And I think as a person, doesn't have to be a guy, you have to know the difference between someone having a pro- projective or projecting their insecurity onto you versus what's going on in the situation. And I think being able to understand projection rather than someone needing support, being like, hey, this is a difficult time for me. You can show up differently. You're going to show up to the person differently if they're like, yo, I need this from you because this is not going on because this is how I'm feeling and I need support with that rather than you're not doing these things. Trigger alert, you know. I don't know if people are triggered by that because sometimes people say, like, you're not enough. Or you could be doing more of these things. So I would say understanding the difference between projection and true support is a big thing. Man. Um, Just to kind of, like, talk on that. I think it's 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 huge understanding yourself and I think get, not getting that emotional aspect mixed up though. I think with projection some people see projection and say you're projecting <coughs> instead of recognizing that this person actually might be coming out coming to you as a place of concern in a sense of conversation and um, to lower that sense of heightenedness. Maybe they are projecting, but it's for you to catch and now have that conversation so that projection can go away and now I can feel comfortable with whatever sense of direction is coming forward. Um, but anyway, uh, for me... Um, that's hard. Uh, and if you don't have an answer, no press. Uh, it just, for me, I think communication, clear communication. Um, and of course, like, you always have your moments of, like, emotional influx and being in certain ways and feeling certain types of ways. But I think it's it's based off of learning about yourself, right? Like, if you know, you talked about trigger words. Things that make you feel a certain type of way. How do you approach a conversation even knowing that those buttons might get pushed? And, like, how can we still be able to be into a room together and have that conversation so that we can grow for one another? It's not even, like, for individual growth specifically. It might, it can, but how do we sit and, and be able to get through the bullshit so that the clear communication becomes easy for us to have. And even if it's like, look, motherfucker, you didn't listen to me today. You didn't hear what I said. I think for me, in my perspective, I'd rather hear that than someone saying like, well, he never listens to me and talking to someone else. 
and having that conversation through someone else. Because now our relationship is gone and you're going to someone else to clear the communication up that we could have had and making our relationship grow so that I can be more diligent about being a clear listener, being present. And that comes from radical honesty because Mm. if you're being honest with yourself, because I want to use what you're saying, where Mm. like if you know you're getting a situation and you know you're going to hear less when people say these things because that's something that you're working on, you're walking into that conversation disingenuous. You're you're setting already a 10 situation already on 10. Mm-hmm. Being like, all right, we know communication is important. The dark side of it is knowing that I'm so angry at this person and knowing that maybe we should not talk right now or maybe when we talk we got to have these parameters. I feel like that is what Michelle's talking about. Mm-hmm. We're talking about that glamorizing. We're like, what's what's glamorizing and what's actually sitting down? And like she's saying, what's the point of us being together? Like, that's not talked about that often. Like, what's our goal? Yep. Everyone's goal is to go to Tulum. Everyone's goal is not to, like, all right, I missed hearing you. Or, like, my partner keeps saying that I'm not understanding, I'm not understanding, I'm not understanding. When have you sat down and truly radically sat with yourself, not tried to be right and be like, all right, let me see what this person is saying, even if I agree or disagree. And then before I even go, being like, I heard you say this. Is that right? All right, cool. Do you feel hurt? And I feel like that's where people don't go into conversations, that radical honesty. Because I'll say this, working with ADHD, right? People who have ADHD, right? And they're inattentive being able to radically say, like, I'm not paying attention. You, obviously, they do enough times. You you have grace. You say you have grace, but it's kind of like, we got to have that for ourselves, where I'm like, I'm not genuinely in this conversation. And that comes from radical honesty. But, bro, the show is changing. I'm in my bag today. I don't think he has anything. Oh, he has anything? I think you guys kind of hit it on the head of the communication part. So, I mean, that's that's what I would have gone through. So, I just say, don't be childish. Keep it, keep it honest, and don't do cheap shots. That's in Terry's. Re- that's in Terry Real's five losing strategies of uh, uh, of a marriage: wanting to be right and being right, and like childish. I see that being together. Well, there's. No, no. So there's always there's a wrong on both sides. Always, just no. There's no both rights. You're wrong both sides, no matter what. So if you have something to apologize for, the other person has something to apologize back to you. Hundred percent. Always happens, even if it's a little thing. There's maybe you did a big thing. They have something little to apologize for because of how they reacted. Hundred percent. I think that I think that's huge, 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 because. A lot of times people, like, have the expectation that they're right. And they might be right, but don't realize the concept in which they might have said something. Like, no, I'm fucking right. Like, why do we have to take it there? Like, why do we have to get this emotionally invested into this conversation that it's a simple yes, and I'm sorry? And it makes the other person feel better, too, because they otherwise feel like a big jerk in the end and they feel like they did everything wrong. But in reality, if you apologize as well too, 
than them. Someone, maybe both come out of a fight with something. I apologize. I got, I got to do something wrong. I ain't just, I, I ain't throwing out apologies like that. But I will say this: I do acknowledge where I'm like, it's not for me, for me personally, because I don't know. Sometimes, like if a person's like, I need to hear you just apologize, that I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. But I'm just kind of like right after rip. I definitely want to be like, I acknowledge where this could have been that for you, but like, no, like I feel like there's power in like I've wronged you, like. Like there is black and white situations, I because at the end of the day, if I wrong a person, I want them to know that I'm coming to them with so much gratitude, even if a, even in a agree or disagree situation where I'm like, this may have not been my intention, but I'm not going to ignore my impact type of shit. But I just feel like, um, just for me, where it's kind of like, it's modeling, where like, it's important to let your man know that. Bro, I fell short. My bad. It's okay. It's important to let your girl know that, you know, I fucked up. I did this, like, and, like, it's something powerful sitting with and sitting in I was wrong. Because you're both right. You shouldn't shame a person for being wrong. If you're shaming them, how can they grow? How can they learn? How can they do better? AJ, bro, you showed up late. I don't know how many times I told you not to show. Bro, I'm disappointed you showed up late to the show, my man. Like, what can we do? Like, don't get me wrong. We're trying to run a tight shit over here. You know what I'm saying? But, like, what can we do? Like, yeah, I'm disappointed. But at the end of the day, how do we move on from this? He's going to come to this conversation different. He's still probably going to feel saddened, all the other stuff. But I'm sitting with him with it. I'm acknowledging that that's not cool. But I'm also acknowledging that there's some shit I may not know. <clears throat> I I don't know what, why this that made me think of this. But. For me, it's been like a. I've had this like euphoric moment with my dogs. I have a dog. A lot of for those that don't know, bro, he coming dog. at me, women, dogs. What y'all say? No, no, no. This is positive. No, so like, I have this relationship with my dog, and I had this euphoric moment uh, in which like they always talk about with dogs that like you reward them for the good things that they do and don't acknowledge them for the bad things that they do. And how I grew up watching a dog being raised was. Reward them for the good things. Let them know the bad things that they're doing. And I understood the dynamic. Well, my dog, there was this period of time last week where me and him kind of rough with feathers. He's going through the process of growing. He's almost a year old. He's starting to come through that, that coming his own stage. And so he's drastically changing. He didn't listen to me. Didn't eat his food. Didn't drink his water. And it, it hurt me emotionally. Didn't hurt the dog. I didn't put my hands on the dog. I didn't choke no dog out. I didn't kick no dog. I ain't abused no dog. Nothing. He had food. He had water. But for me, it, it hit me emotionally, like to the point where, like, I went on a walk and I cried, bro. Like, I was in. I was like that emotionally because I was trying to figure out what I was doing wrong, and I wasn't doing anything wrong. He's going through change. He's becoming a different dog. And there's aspects of his change that I have to adjust to and get used to, a part of this relationship of growing to become a better p person to one another, a companion to one another. And I think it's a reflection on relationships of, like, 
as we go through relationships and as we change and become different people because of the situations that someone else or something else carries on to us, we have to recognize the change. We have to recognize the change, acknowledge the change, but then figure out how can we grow to become something new. And it helped. My dog is back to me in his exciting self. He does some things a little bit different now, but, like, I think for me the impact of allowing myself to emotionally check into the situation allowed me to respect him emotionally, allow him to change and allow him to grow. And I think that's what we have to do for relationships is allow allow someone to change, emotionally grow, and reflect that. Like, I know dogs can't speak, but, like, I think that aspect of understanding comes with communication and comes with time and comes with patience and comes with all these other things that people talk about. But, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I just had to kind of bring that up. Hey, man. Hey, man, do what you got to do. <laughs> well, well, and I will just say also in with this and just say be accountable, acknowledge that you're fucking up, telling someone you fucked up and genuinely making sustainable change will do leads for any type of relationship. But with all that being said, we don't have any last on Oh gosh. Um we don't have any of that, but um <coughs> as we close down the year, we're getting closer to our favorite yearly segment where we reflect about the year that's coming up pretty soon. We got a pretty, uh, speaking of Marvel stuff, we're going to go through a multiverse pretty soon. We're going to be combining with a podcast pretty soon. Another fellow podcast. We're going to be fusing, you know, we're going to have our own infinity wars. You know, I'm going to step out like, uh, like Chadwick. We have, Oh no. The black Falcon said, on your left, but I'm still gonna step out like Black Panther. We're like, are hey, we here? We're about to go to a new universe. Thanos is running amok. We're about to join the other Avengers. Um, I'm, I'm talking about you guys. <laughs> that that is such a great fucking relationship mm-hmm. um before we get out of here I have a question for y- the fans for the people listening for those that listen day in and day out think to yourself this one thing if I can change the world or change a relationship in my life, how would I do it and why would I do it? You know, respond in our comments. Respond in a, in a message. You can hit me personally and respond. But I, I really want this show to bring an impact on you as an individual. We are here to give you a better mindset, put you on a higher vibration, and elevate you a little bit more. 
you know, that's what we're here to do. But it takes the relationship that you have with yourself and the relationship we have with ourselves to grow. And I think that's going to help both of us grow just a little bit more. And without further ado, it's Katia Bob. It's Arthur. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit the bell. Mm, mm, mm. Because we'll be in your eardrums. And we out. Peace. You probably wonder if I think of you. Sorry, I'm for the bag right now. Yeah, I'm for the bag right now. Yeah, for the bag that I never had. Yeah, you probably mad right now. Yeah, I got a two piece now. Shit, I think they call them groupies now.